four, and you're listening to the one two three show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. So let's turn to our first guest and topic of today. In the next fifteen minutes or so, we're talking about CBD, which is short for cannabidiol, a natural compound extracted from the hemp plant. But we often hear about uh, the health values of CBD, but of course, there's also a certain mystery that shrouds it because it's from the cannabis plant. Now, I'm delighted uh, to be joined by our next guest, who will help us uh, unravel some of the mysteries. I'm delighted to be joined by Fekra Mullen, the CMO of Found, which is Asia's first dedicated CBD shop, uh, whose aim is to educate curious people like us. Welcome to the program, Fekra. Thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Thanks, Noreen. Thanks for having me on. Yes, so um, when you talk about CBD, uh, what's the first thing people sort of say to you? You know, I think the the first question is is one around legality, especially in Hong Kong. It's a relatively new thing, so we talk about CBD and, and we talk about it being an extract from cannabis. I think the first question is always, is that legal? And uh, and what do you tell them? Well, pure cannabidiol or pure CBD, um, extracted very carefully and produced to a certain standard, uh, with no trace of THC whatsoever, is legal as a food in Hong Kong. Okay, so how, I mean, how is it, so, so first of all, let's talk a little bit more about CBD. What is it exactly? Which part of the hemp plant is it extracted? How is it different from THC? Give us a bit of a background about this uh, CBD. Sure. Well, CBD is one of the many cannabinoids, um, which are kind of natural compounds found in the hemp plant. When we extract from the hemp plant, we primarily derive uh, CBD and other cannabinoids from the flower of the hemp plant, although there is CBD in the stalk and the stem as well. And uh, CBD itself is a relatively simple molecule, but it's probably the cannabinoid in the hemp plant which has the most therapeutic value and the most uh, therapeutic benefits for an individual. Um, but it's considered non-intoxicating. So as opposed to THC, which, which is a dangerous drug and is scheduled in Hong Kong, uh, CBD is considered non-intoxicating. Therefore, it, it won't give the... Um, you know, maybe the stereotypical feeling of being quote-unquote stoned that many people might associate with traditional cannabis use. So, you know, today CBD is being used in a much more modern way, a much more progressive way than, say, cannabis of the past has kind of had a, a ne- more negative association attached to it. You say CBD is extracted from the hemp plant. How, how's, is that a part of the cannabis plant? I mean, what's the difference between... I, I read somewhere that hemp plants are... are, are also cannabis plant, but they have to contain a smaller percentage of THC. Can, can you tell us a bit more? Yeah, you know, you're, you're on the right track there. Um, cannabis sativa is the name of the plant, and both cannabis and hemp uh, both refer to the same plant, which is cannabis sativa. So despite decades of prohibition, you know, outlawing of cannabis around the world, there has obviously been industrial use of the cannabis plants in many industries, from textiles to you know, construction materials, because um, hemp is an extremely versatile, extremely useful plant with many, many uses. Oh. So hemp refers to cannabis with, you know, less than 0.3% THC okay. in the plant. So technically, then CBD can sort of contain a little bit of THC. I mean, are there different types of CBDs? Um, there's CBD itself um, is considered, you know, one type of compound, which, which always has the same structure. And Yes, this is really the challenge. You know, our, our business is two years old, um, but we only really started importing CBD into Hong Kong at the start of this year. So it took us almost 18 months 
to find the right manufacturers in, in the United States that could produce CBD to a level that was guaranteed to be free of any detectable levels of THC. So oh, you're wow. correct. I think the Hong Kong government has offered, you know, clarifications on CBD in the past and said, you know, it's, it's legal in its pure form as a food, but that individual consumers should be careful when importing CBD products, lest they accidentally import some THC in the process. And a big part of what we're doing, you know, today is trying to take that um, uncertainty out of the hands of the, of the consumer and the customer and give them access to, you know, a safer option that, that's guaranteed legal. Okay, so tell us a little bit. So the current framework, it's not a grey area. You can actually import products with CBD. It's just um, consumers never really know the levels of it if the manufacturers don't really disclose it. If they just say it's a CBD product, um, we don't really know the, 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 the trace amount that's available in it. So could, could that get us in trouble? I think it's a big danger. And, and part of the problem, you know, is that in, in North America, United States and, and Canada and Europe, um, there is a tolerance for THC levels uh, up to 0.3% in CBD products. And so when importing from U.S. brands or European brands where there's not really much regard for that low level of THC, as in, you know, the government of the USA is, is totally fine with that level of THC in all 50 states. Um, brands and, and producers are not really incentivized to, to make sure those products are compliant with Hong Kong law. Yeah, and so, it can be know, very confusing yeah. for, for consumers to sort of, you know, order something online, but actually when it arrives, it doesn't comply with, with, the, with the laws in Hong Kong. It's, yeah, it's exactly it. And, you know, it's, um, the laws in Hong Kong are actually quite progressive in relation to cannabinoids in Asia Pacific. Um, we can do a lot more here, for example, than we can today in Australia or New Zealand, but the oh. 0% tolerance for THC, I think, you know, it's something that needs to be respected quite carefully. Okay. Um, can, can, we, can, can you tell us how, how does our law compare to, say, New Zealand and Australia? Well, it's interesting because, you know, I mentioned, you, you know, the USA and Canada and the UK and Europe, they're very progressive when it comes to CBD products. And, and you know, were you to visit one of those countries, you would see CBD for sale in many different places and many different types of shops. Today in New Zealand and Australia, CBD is still prescription only. Um, so you need a prescription from your doctor to access CBD um, as a medication or as a as a dietary supplement in those countries. Oh, I see. Um, Fiacre, is there a difference also? Because just now we said uh, CBD oil is derived from the hemp plant. We've often also heard about hemp oil. How are those different? And yeah, what are the main differences between hemp oil and CBD oil? That's a great question, Noreen. Um, you know, hemp oil generally refers to, but not always, but I think 99% of the time will refer to oil derived from the hemp seed. Um, and hemp seeds contain effectively no CBD. So in their kind of seed form, uh, no CBD has yet formed inside the hemp seed. So unfortunately, I think many brands, many, you know, uh, products are using the kind of current craze of hemp. And, you know, a lot of consumers are seeking hemp and CBD to maybe market, you know, slightly deceptively hemp seed oil as something that might have the benefits of CBD, but will contain effectively no CBD. Yeah, well, it's interesting you mentioned that because I have a bit of psoriasis and I've read that hemp seed oil really helps. So I, I bought a bottle of hemp seed oil at the local um, sort of green shop and, and you know, s slapped it all over my head and then... <laughs> And I can't say I really notice a big difference, except for having really greasy hair. But perhaps let's yeah. talk about sort of uh, the, the the benefits of uh, CBD oil and 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 w what it's being used for right now, and why there's such a a trend for for people to 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 want to use it. 
Yeah, that's uh, yeah another great question. So the, the three big kind of benefits, or, or and I suppose just before talking about benefits, it's important to note that because it's been you know uh, prohibited for so long, the research around CBD and its, and its benefits has been suppressed you know around the world for quite a long time. So you know many of the benefits we talk about today are really derived from individual experience or from anecdotal you know customer reports. And so we're still really waiting for university research and, and more kind of established research institutions to give us, you know, verified, you know, research and data to, to base these claims on. So today, you know, users are reporting that CBD can be really effective in helping with three main things. Uh, those are pain, anxiety and sleep. And they're really the three big use cases for the bulk of CBD consumers around the world. Okay. And how, how do they use it? Do they consume it or do they rub it? Or how, I mean, how is it used? Probably the most uh, the most classical use for CBD is in something called a tincture. And a CBD tincture What's is a that? small a little CBD bottle. tincture? Tincture, yes. Oh, so, okay. you know, tincture is an old, old word from, you know, decades past referring to an alcohol-based medicine. So you would use alcohol to extract, you know, medicines from plants, etc. And a CBD tincture features CBD in oil. Uh, usually a coconut oil and so for example we sell a few cbd tinctures in hong kong and and the consumer will uh, use a dropper in the bottle to draw some cbd tincture into a little glass dropper and they'll place it under their tongue um under the tongue you have uh, a sublingual uh, absorption which so under the tongue you have a very thin uh, membrane which allows very effective absorption of things like cbd and so after 30 or 45 seconds, you know, you then swallow the CBD oil oh. and, you know, you can absorb some more through your stomach as well. Okay. Uh, so, but CBD is not sort of psychoactive. Um, so uh, how does it make you feel after you consume it or, yeah, after you, you have that drop in, in your mouth, how does it make you feel? Uh, well, I suppose that's, that's an interesting, uh, i just maybe draw a quick distinction there because it's a common misconception. So CBD itself is psychoactive, um, oh. but... Uh, intoxicating really is the word that we want to look for in those situations. So uh, everything from sugar to caffeine are also psychoactive in that they do impact the brain. Um, so CBD is non-intoxicating and therefore there's no feeling of being intoxicated that you might associate with THC or alcohol. But uh, individuals are different on a, on a individual and individual basis. Many um, customers report increased feelings of contentment or lower just a lower level of background anxiety um you know i think we all walk around with some measure of that low level anxiety in the stomach um especially you know these days in in hong kong and with covid so and when it comes to before bedtime um many consumers take it maybe half an hour before bedtime and find that it helps them you know fall asleep uh, with less on their mind maybe stay asleep and be less restless Okay. And how does that work? Does it also sort of bind to your receptors? So similarly, it's sort of, like you said, it sort of dulls down the background noise and it makes you feel sort of more calm and more relaxed. Basically, yeah. And I, I don't want to get too scientific uh, with you on a, on a Thursday afternoon on the radio, but <laughs> all of our bodies have something called an endocannabinoid system. And all mammals actually have an endocannabinoid system. So we even have um, some CBD for uh, dogs and cats, uh, both, both of which have a lot of cannabinoid receptors. And the endocannabinoid system is responsible for moderating sleep and appetite and mood and hunger. And uh, the endocannabinoid system, CBD, is something that helps moderate the endocannabinoid system. And so why this is interesting is that, you know, 
we often end up saying that CBD can do so much and it, it sounds like a miracle cure and it's, it's very far from a miracle cure of any kind. It's, it's not that at all. But what CBD can be for me might be different for what CBD could be mm-hmm. for you, Noreen, and, and, and so on and so forth. So um, it, it plays with the endocannabinoid system to help regulate an individual and what that individual might have a little imbalance of. Yeah. Are there sort of any sort of side effects where you get sort of nauseous or have a dry mouth or have a headache? Or have, have you heard of that before? Um, there are not really too many side effects of notes. I mean, one thing that's really interesting about CBD is that the World Health Organization has actually released quite extensive reports on the, on the, on the compound. And um, very notably, they've, they've talked about CBD as having a very broad safety profile. And I think for the World Health Organization to make a statement like that um, kind of speaks to its relatively kind of low risk um, nature as a compound. Yeah, However, so there are, yeah, we, we would say that, you know, for example, if you were breastfeeding or if you're on blood pressure medication um, or you had, say, any other significant medication as part of your routine that you would consult a physician or your GP before adding CBD uh, to your daily you know, regimen. Okay, so there's no sort of come down or anything because, you know, even after sugar, you get that sugar rush and then you get that crash, but you've not heard of users feeling sort of, it relieves their anxiety, but it sort of comes back even greater. Nothing like that. No, there's no kind of rebound effects to speak of. Um, and some people feel the effects of CBD quite noticeably and some people don't feel it quite as strongly. And maybe the latter are just extremely well-balanced uh, individuals who are kind of fully, fully in control and, and, and on top of every other area of their life, which I'm very jealous of, personally speaking. <laughs> and because of the sort of uh, different jurisdictions will have different laws uh, regarding CBD, can, can you travel with it? I mean, right now nobody's traveling, but sometimes people get anxious when they fly or when they travel. It sounds like this might be the perfect solution. But, you know, can, can you actually travel with it, given that the different jurisdictions will have different laws? for CBDs products? I mean, look, personally speaking, I, I would probably, you know, advise against doing so. And, and I mean, for the simple reason that even if you were to align perfectly, you know, Hong Kong, where you took off from, and US, where you were landing, and you knew both jurisdictions were very comfortable with CBD as a substance, um, if, for example, your plane was redirected um, in emergency fashion and you landed somewhere maybe with a less lenient view of CBD, mm-hmm. it, it might be something that, yes. you know, would be an issue. Um, but we do sell some CBD products that come in like capsule or soft gel format. And for those who wish to take it before they fly, it's very convenient to keep it, you know, in a medicine bag or a, a toiletries bag and maybe just take one before the plane leaves. And then, you know, that can often be enough to, uh, to help with any kind of anxiety while flying. Yeah, well, it's very interesting. Of course, you're also the CMO of Found, which is uh, Asia's first uh, sort of dedicated CBD shop. Um, tell us a little bit more about the shop and, and, you know, when people come into your shop, what do they ask about? Yeah, thanks, Noreen. I mean, Found is uh, Asia's first CBD shop and, and kind of education or learning center. So um, it's located in Shengwan uh, in the Pohingfang neighborhood. And for anyone familiar with the neighborhood, it's located exactly where Mana used to be located in Poho, uh, which may help, you know, place it on the map for, for quite a few listeners. Um, we've been open since Friday, and in Inbound we're selling two different series of products, um, our regular kind of consumer set of products and our, our kind of business, business-targeted set of products, which are more for businesses looking to access DVD. I mean, it's only been seven days, uh, give or take, and we've just had an incredible welcome to the city from 
from both our neighbors and then, you know, really excited consumers as well. Um, the legality question is obviously a big one. And I think that consumers can walk into a real shop and, and see, you know, it's not a website, it's not an overseas, you know, manufacturer trying to sell something from a distance. It's, it's very much here and real. I think that's very comforting yeah. to our consu- to our customers in the city. And beyond that, there are so many questions about individuals and, and which occasions and, and what might suit some people and others. So our, our staff are, are kind of very enthusiastic, very excited about CBD. They're, they're kind of passionate individuals themselves in the category. So... They're here, you know, every day from 11 to 6 to answer those questions and help educate people about CBD. It seems like it really is a growing industry. I mean, I mean, in, in Hong Kong, I mean, do you see it growing even further in Hong Kong and, and the rest of Asia? I think without a doubt. I think without a doubt. It's, um, there's a latent consumer demand, Noreen, which, you know, I think might only be coming apparent to the broader kind of Hong Kong population. You, know, you referenced it yourself. It, it seems like CBD is appearing in more and more places. We've been very aware of this for a long time, and that's partly why we chose Hong Kong as, you know, our launch market in Asia, where we wanted to start our education efforts. Um, but we're seeing big demand in Japan, um, very big demand in China, uh, very big demand in Thailand and Taiwan, to name just a few countries uh, in the region. That's All a- of these countries have different approaches to regulation, so that's another question. Yeah, mm. well, exactly. I was going to say, so, well, you know, um, let's hop across to the mainland then. I mean, what are the laws there, and, and is it is it safe, and is, is it legal uh, to, to use CBD products uh, in China? In China today, you know, in Yunnan province and Heilongjiang province, they are actively developing a very large hemp and CBD industry. So China itself has plans to be a big player in this category. Um, in terms of product uh, legality today, China allows sale of cosmetic or topical products. So any CBD product which you would apply to your skin, um, you know, it might save you, Noreen, from adding uh, hemp oil to your hair next time. I think you could probably, you could buy something like that, I think, in China without too many legal concerns. But to, to sell something in China today that is ingested orally mm, is actually not yet legal. Um, I would see that changing. In, in the next year or two, but as of today, it's not it's not legal in the mainland. So Hong Kong is more progressive in this regard than mainland China. Okay, in in Hong Kong, you can use things which are applied topically as well as you can consume it as yes. food products. Okay, absolutely. And what about uh, in, in Macau? Out of curiosity, we're still trying to understand a little better Macau's stance um, in relation to CBD. But um, as of today, we we estimate it to be slightly more conservative um, than Hong Kong. Um, we haven't, you know, shipped any product to Macau and we haven't sold any CBD in Macau yet. And I think one of the things as a business that we're trying to do, um, and it's about longevity and, and making this, you know, a long-term industry and category for everyone is not to move quickly or not to move too rashly. So Macau is something we're trying to understand a little bit more about. But these laws are not always well, you know, well-defined in the public domain. Sometimes they're, you know, hidden away and yeah. they have to be dug out. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for for educating us this afternoon. It's been a a real eye opener to learn a little bit more about uh, CBD and and the products and uh, what it's used for. And of course, uh, the mystery and the gray area uh, that surrounds it uh, here in Hong Kong. Fiaka, remind our listeners once again, how can we find out a little bit more about Found? Uh, Have you got a website and have you got a, a Facebook page as well? Yeah, well, look, thanks, Noreen, just firstly for, you know, allowing me on and 
and the questions are excellent. I think this type of conversation will become more and more commonplace in Hong Kong, and we're really excited about that. Um, anyone interested in learning more about CBD can visit found.hk, which will take them to our Instagram. And we also have a Facebook page, uh, found.hk. Excellent. Well, I look forward to, to continuing this conversation. Uh, maybe again uh, next time. Meanwhile, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And we've been speaking to Fairground Mullen, the CMO of Found, which is Asia's first dedicated CBD shop, uh, whose aim is to also educate uh, curious people like us. Many thanks again for your time today. Thank you, Nurse.